Welcome back to Overflow. Got a good topic today and a good guest. Joe Kenya from the Star Ledger. Former wrestling writer there in great state of New Jersey. Great state for wrestling now. Uh, writing for covering the New York Giants. Uh, Joe, how is it going? Hey, Willie. Uh, thanks for having me, man. Good to uh, get to talk with you guys, man. I think you're going great. You missing missing wrestling yet? Oh, man. Um, you know, it fall comes down here in Jersey. It starts to get a little pool. And, you know, that's in my blood, man. It's, <laughs> it's going to be it's gonna be a little upsetting not being able to cover wrestling. But you guys do a great job. You know, a lot of people do a good job covering sports. So I'll be able to still follow. And I'm going to try to, you know, keep my feet in the door a little bit. Well, uh, we have we have what uh, I think is a really good topic and a, um, a topic that's um, kind of raging in the Garden State there, and that's the public-private school kind of dilemma and a, and a particular coach at Peaberg um, making some waves by his scheduling. Um, and I'm hoping to, uh, you know, get the news on the ground from you. you. You know, you have the beat there as well as anybody. Um, but first... I always open the show with where I messed up. Uh, last episode was uh, we were talking about who um, the, maybe the wrestling version of Derek Jeter was, uh, and we said um, I said Kyle Dake. Um, Christian named a couple guys, um, but the response was uh, maybe Gable, maybe Burroughs, and there was one particular guy um, that posted Quentin Wright, and I think that's kind of along the same lines. Um, as Derek Jeter, uh, with the you know good values, good um, attitude on the mat and off the mat, and uh, so Quentin Wright, I think somebody nailed it uh, when they picked him. Uh, next segment: What's trending? And uh, for us, it's it's rankings right now. Um, it's a good sign. Or th- our traffic has been really good with rankings. We released our college rankings um, singularly, uh, day by day, and then our high school rankings, the update came out Wednesday, and people were crushing. People were thirsting for rankings. And, and um, you know, it's funny. Uh, people, uh, sometimes they yell about rankings. Sometimes they love them. They hate them. They, they say they're pointless. Uh, whatever the case may be, they're... They're ravaging the the rankings, and uh, it's I think it's a good thing. Um, it's a good sign that people are ready for the wrestling season to start, and that they're interested in uh, getting the, a lay of the land and just what the pecking order is in both high school and college. Uh, uh, Joe, your thoughts on rankings? You've you've had a lot of experience in and around um, wrestling rankings. What is what are your thoughts on rankings in general, and and maybe the response that you've always gotten? Well, you know, rankings are, you know, I, I would always tell the kids, kids would come up and say, oh, I'm ranked here, I'm ranked there. I would always say, you know, really, at the end of the day, rankings don't mean much because you can go earn your spot. But at the same time, you know, these rankings are a reflection on the body of work you've put together through your entire high school career. You know, you go out to Fargo, you go to Super 32, you're at Flow Nationals, you're at, you know, all these high-level tournaments, you want to wrestle good kids. So I think a lot of times, you know, seeing especially these first rankings before the season is kind of a validation. You know, my hard work paid right. off. Things are working. People are noticing it. 
So these first set of rankings when the season starts, I always think are really cool. Yeah, I mean, whether you subscribe to them uh, wholeheartedly or not, um, it at least gives you um, a litmus test, a barometer, right? Like you see the names that are relevant right now. You know, if you think a guy should be ranked 8th instead of 12th, uh, that's okay, but at least you see kind of the names, right? Yeah, and, and you can you can see other people's credentials. You know, if, if someone's number one, I mean, you know, there's a lot of work. You know, I, I appreciated having done it for so long, how much work that goes into that kind of thing. So, I mean, you know. When did, it, when did you guys at uh, New Jersey rankings, when did you guys see the biggest um, – audience response as far as um, who was clicking on rankings the most and at, at, at what time? Were, were rankings well, we, more popular preseason, midseason, end of season? Well, rankings for us always pretty much decreased as the season went on. So mm-hmm. we, or maybe not consistently, but the first set was always by far the most popular. Yeah, And then yep. the last set we don't even put rankings out after the state tournament because New Jersey only has one one class. State tournament. Right. So if, if you're number six, if you play six, you know, in New Jersey and other states where they have multiple classes, mm-hmm. there might be a little more uh, speculation. But in New Jersey, it's single class. You know, you're number seven in the state if you finish seven. Yeah. So in the beginning of the season, we saw a huge spike. And uh, for the most part, like we were talking before the show started, I think these guys at the top, you know, numbers one, two, three, four, are always pretty cut and dry. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, these top guys, you know, there isn't a lot of wiggle room. When you get to the bottom half, maybe a little bit more so. But for us, our, our first set of rankings were always the most popular we did. Cool, cool. So let's get into the thesis statement. My third and final segment of the show is always the thesis statement. And, um, for those that don't know, there's a kind of an issue in New Jersey. Um, well, f- first of all, they've gone to five classes. Is it correct, Joe? Uh, five classes for the team state title? Yeah, they've gone to five, and, you know, a lot a lot of the fans were hoping they were going to go the other direction and try to push for a COC. Because before, they had four, and they had two non-public. So there were six teams that could call themselves state champs. So, you know, if you add an extra three rounds, top seed to get a bye, wrestle, wrestle, wrestle final, you get down to a TOC. Instead, mm-hmm. they're kind of working backwards. They added a fifth group, which a lot of the fans feel like is going to dilute the talent pool when you get so to the So there's a, tournament. a fifth group and two non-publics? Yep, non-public A and non-public B, yeah. which is, you know, non, non-public B, we had DePaul last year. You know, DePaul has a bunch of studs. But, you know, throughout history, there have been times where non-public A like non-public A last year had Bergen Catholic, Don Bosco, St. Peter's, Del Barton, and non-public B, DePaul really cruised. Cam the Catholic was there. They have a great history. Cam the Catholic was down last year, so non-public B was a little weak to begin with. Now, I think they, I personally think they could have gotten away with just doing one non-public group and cutting away the A and B stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you see a lot of that around the country in the debate on, debate on what size... Uh, how many classes you should have, you know, on the individual side and on the uh, team side. You know, there was a big stink in Virginia. They went, um, I think, 
I think they have five, six, seven classes now. If you count uh, private schools, and um, you know, states like Oregon and Arizona have larger than what most people think. Uh, too many classifications than what uh, most people think they should have. But um, all this is sort of a backdrop and a prelude uh, uh, to what the problem, what the debate is right now. And it's sort of coming out and coming to a head. And that's that one of the best teams in New Jersey, uh, Phillipsburg, New Jersey, they're not only one of the best teams now, they've, they're consistently one of the most um, competitive teams in New Jersey and with a long, uh, rich history of wrestling over there and a very passionate uh, city for uh, city for wrestling. Uh, so Peberg, the head coach, Dave Post, came out and said that they will not schedule some of the big private schools in New Jersey, although they consider themselves the number one public school in the state. So public versus private, what is your take on this, Joe? Well, you know, I we have the, the New Jersey fans are so passionate and Part of that is what makes me love wrestling so much. I uh, An article came out yesterday, and really to add a little more to the background, uh, Phil Ferg last year just finished 18-0, and and they finished, I think, number three, number four. I think it was number four, behind Burton Catholic, Downbrook, and Don Bosco, and they finished number four. And there was a lot of, you know, rah-rah, how come we're not number one? I mean, I think it was pretty cut and dry that Burton Catholic was number one team in the state last year. Right. But, uh... But the, the conversation had to be had. We were undefeated. Is there anything we could do to be number one? And as you said, you know, going to a match in Phillipsburg, man, they are as passionate as it gets. They love wrestling, and I love that about them. But when this decision came across, and last year it was almost an unofficial decision, you know, they didn't come out and say, oh, we're not wrestling private schools because of X, Y, Z. Last year they just didn't wrestle any private right. schools. The year before, they had. They wrestled Del Bar when I was there. So after this season, Lehigh Valley Live comes out with an article, and it basically says what I was saying. Can Peaberg ever be number one without wrestling a private school? And really, you know, my, my opinion on this, which was met with a lot of criticism from a lot of the New Jersey fans, is that, you know, I think it's counterproductive for Peaberg to not be taking on the challenges from these top teams. If you have, you know, Burton Catholic, Don Bosco, St. Peter, who are all, you know, I believe going to finish the season in the top 20 in the country, if they're coming and they're calling you and they say, hey, we want to come, we'll come to you and wrestle. You don't have to worry about the travel. You don't have to worry about anything. We want to come to you. We want to wrestle a match. Well, in and, my, you know, in my opinion here, there's, there's a two prong thing, right? There's uh, the public versus private thing. Should you know is is there a level playing field and and that's what I think that's what I think Dave Post and Peberg uh, are saying it's a it, to me it's a civil disobedience in saying that okay we're not on the same playing field you guys get to pick and choose your guys uh, your wrestlers can come in from outside of the district and our public school is not on a level level playing field with your private school. Therefore, we are not wrestling you guys. Um, however, in saying that we are the number one team in the state, if you're not wrestling those guys, that I mean, you really can't say that, right? I mean, you don't have no, no footing to know where to stand. Um, however, so 
where do you stand on do you do you think it's incumbent for a Peberg, a, a large, very good public school to wrestle? Do you think it's it, they have to wrestle the Bergen Catholics of the world? Well, I, I think in a point I want to address too is uh, part part of the ideology behind not wrestling these private schools because basically, you know, the message being sent is like you said, it we're not on a level playing field. You guys have an unfair advantage, so we shouldn't have to wrestle with you. And part of that, I agree with. You know, as you pointed out, kids can come and go. They don't have to all live in the same town. But you know, I don't necessarily buy into the ideology that uh, that you should be the one dictating the rules. Because in New Jersey, the organizing body is the NJSIAA. New Jersey's single class state. And they put the private school kids and the public kids together in the same state tournament. So by doing that, although they wrestled to a separate team state championship, by doing that, they're basically saying, you know, they're not throwing them to national prep. They're saying, you know, you guys are in the same playing field. You guys are going to be wrestling in the same state tournament come March. And really what what I had trouble understanding is why would you turn down the highest level of competition, especially against kids that you're going to see later in the year. You know, well, if you have a 120-pounder... I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, uh, I was just going to say, that's that's the civil disobedience factor in it for me. They're saying, what what Peberg's saying is, um, we don't have to wrestle them, we don't have to schedule them, and we're not going to schedule them. Um, if that hurts our ranking, that hurts our ranking, but... We're not bound. There's no obligation for us to wrestle, um, and and we don't we don't have to, <laughs> and they really don't. And yeah, now come I mean, come uh, come tournament time, they'll have to wrestle in the individual tournament, but until then, they don't have to. And and I agree with you there. They they absolutely don't have to. You know, no no one's making them. But really, what it came down for me was you know a lot of teams go out of their way to get the best level of competition. You know, you, you talk to high-level guys, they'll say, you know, state champ, I don't care about being the state champ, I want to be a national champ, I want to be a world champ. And, you know, something I love about wrestling is, is that kind of mindset, you know? It's pushing yourself, it's challenging yourself. So well, I, I feel like... I understand that, you know, I understand that, but I, I disagree to a point. If, if, if Dave Post is tr- out to, to make a statement, and if he wants rules to be changed... If he wants rules to be changed that, hey, this isn't kosher, man. We're, we're, uh, I'm Dave Post. I'm working with my community. I'm working with my um, coaches at the youth level, at the junior high level, to create this program that we feel we can be competitive uh, year in and year out and build consistency and build continuity. And we're going to um, have a long-term, a long-term plan to be a good wrestling team. And then across the across the street there's a school that doesn't even have a program a youth program really and they're just picking and choosing and plucking these studs and filling gaps oh we don't have a good 45 52 pounder this year okay we'll go get one um across town um so if you want that to be changed if you want there to be rules to be changed then you can't just say okay well i'm gonna wrestle whoever i have to wrestle to be number one um you have to make some sort of stand. You have to make some sort of statement that says, you know, 
it's an it's an indictment on on the system an indictment on the rules well and i i can completely understand the criticism for the system because like we pointed out there are certainly different advantages that come from being at a private school than being at a public school though i do think the benefit of having a feeder program that you can monitor is maybe underrated on the other side of this argument you know when you don't when you don't know who your kids are and you can't groom them, I think there's, you know, a difficult part of that too. But really, you know, at, at the end of the day, you know, the, the analogy I thought to myself was, you know, hey, if the Russian cadet or junior national team was over at the NYAC, would we want to go wrestle with them? Or would we say, no, we don't want to wrestle with you guys. You're from Russia. You're doing different kinds of training, you know, all these X, Y, and Z. But at the end of the day, you know, they're the best wrestlers. Well, you know, their their talent level is, is where it's supposed to be. So I, I, I can't see the harm in taking the better match, especially when you might see those guys later in the year. Well, listen, we're all wrestlers, and we all um, love and follow sport, and there's nothing about wrestling that says dodge competition. Um but I, I don't think that Peberg's necessarily doing that. I don't think that they're not wrestling these big schools because they're they don't want to get a taste of that competition um, because they're dodging anybody. Look, Peberg, they, they go to Reno Tournament of Champions. Uh, you know, um, maybe that's it's not the Blairs and Bergen Catholics of the world, but it's good competition. I mean, for years and years. Peberg was in the East Penn Conference against Nazareth, Northampton. They Easton. They wrestled a, a Pennsylvania schedule, and largely the New Jersey people said um, that's not right that you go and wrestle in in the East Penn Conference. They, there was actually some sort of legislation or injunction that you cannot wrestle. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Is there not a rule that says New Jersey, and this is direct. Uh, reflection, it's almost the Peberg rule, right? That they said you have to wrestle X amount of your competition inside the state, which forced Peberg to not wrestle Easton and, and Northampton and all the Lehigh Valley schools? Yeah, they have I believe they have that for all sports. They have, X amount has to be in state. Right, so Peberg went out and they tried to face the best for years and New Jersey said no, come back and wrestle your schedule in New Jersey. So I don't think Peberg has any uh, mentality or ideology about not wrestling the best. I think that they're trying to say, hey, let's level the playing field here. Let's set some legislation that um, makes everybody on the same page. Well, and, and it's it's legislation, like you said. And But, you know, if, if I'm to play the other side of the fence, if I'm one of these private school kids, that message to me is that, you know, for me, everyone ties their shoes the same. You know, that that's a quote. I got a quote from a kid last year, and that really stuck with me. Everyone ties their shoes the same. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what color singlet you're wearing. You know, every, every, you know, if you're good, it's because you worked hard. It's because you trained hard, you know. It's not necessarily because of the color single you're wearing. So for me, I'm, you know, I understand where they're coming from. And I can also see that, you know, and you see it in football probably worse than you see in wrestling, that, you know, the private schools dominate and the private schools have an extra advantage. But I think by combating that advantage the way they are, they're selling themselves short in terms of gaining quality competition before you hit the postseason. 
you yeah. know, if, if I'm if I'm a wrestler, I want to be number one in the country. I don't want to be number one in the region. So if if you can wrestle, you know, I would feel better if I were coaching a team leaving a gym where out of fourteen bouts, ten of my kids got state qualifier kind of kids. Right. Than right. leaving there's, and there's getting that one of factor them. Too. I I think at the end of the day, um, the the job of any state governing body or any governing body, right, is to create uh, an atmosphere where there's a level playing field and to come to um, a determination of who's the best based on that. Um, and I'm not coming down on NJSIAA or the PIAA or the National Preps or anything, and, and I'm not coming down on Bergen Catholic or Wyoming Seminary or Blair Academy because I have an immense amount of respect for all them. Um, but, you know, if you're allowed to do certain things within the rules and Bergen Catholic's doing everything, everything right, they're not in violation of anything, but Peberg and other schools, um, disagree. It's a, it's an interesting argument. Um, and from where you sit, Joe, you're on the ground in Jersey. Um, do you see any, and there, do and you I, think it's going to cause anything? Do you think, do you think Peberg, this, this, Opposition? Do you think pe- it will cause any effect within the administration? Well, I don't think there's really anything that they could do to solve it because what kind of steps would you take? That could would you be put steps for everyone? Okay, so well, so where, Boundbrook, whereas, so if Boundbrook's open if enrollment said, right okay, now, right? Well, Phillipsburg is open enrollment the same way Boundbrook is the same kind of program. So because Boundbrook has gained a little notoriety because some of those kids are wrestlers. They have a choice. It's called a choice program in New Jersey, where if you're part of a failing school district, you can choose to go to a different school. Mm-hmm. So they're both part of that program. I'm going to be but honest. I'm not. I'm not exactly sure how that works. Is there is there a radius limit? And if there is, um, yeah, if there like is a, a radius. Like God, I'm sorry. What was that? I was going to say if there's, if there is or isn't a radius limit on the open enrollment schools. Um, could there be, be one put in place or, and could there be one put in place for schools like Bethlehem Catholic and um, Bergen Catholic? Because let's, you know, on the other side of the river, Bethlehem Catholic undergoes the same scrutiny. Yeah, and I mean, you have to go to, it's, it's done by area. They have like, whatever, 190 schools in New Jersey. And, you know, if you live, you know, the people that go to Boundbrook, live in their surrounding towns. We don't have guys coming from South Jersey. So it's not like everyone could say, oh, let's all go to X school. And and they could, you know, build it up like that. You have, you have to live kind of in the vicinity. But uh, to answer what you said before, I'm still struggling with myself trying to figure out a way that they could, you know, if they feel like there's an unfair advantage. And I also think it's fair to point out that private schools have only finished number one in the state of New Jersey twice in New mm-hmm. Jersey history. So this is something that's been coming along as of recently. But what do you do with these private schools then? Do you start a private school state championship, which is undoubtedly going to be incredibly difficult to win, but probably, you know, mm-hmm. you just have to sign up the place. Do you, yeah. you know, by moving the private school kids out of the New Jersey state tournament, it's going to kill, it, it, you know, it's going to water down slope, the New right. Jersey state so tournament. If you, if you took the if you took the private school kids out of the individual state tournament, then you got a watered down product, right? And if if you 
if you don't, if you and if like you remove from the before, prep, well, what would happen if you, what would happen if say Bergen Catholic had to wrestle in national preps? Would they just would kids just not go there anymore? You think because in the thing that in Pennsylvania was reluctance, there was reluctance to go to Wyoming Seminary because everybody wanted to wrestle in Hershey. And I think a similar thing, there's so much passion in history uh, to wrestle in um, the New Jersey State Tournament that I think if you would pull some of those prep schools, and ma- uh, private schools, and make them wrestle national preps, kids would end up going to public schools. Well, I, I think a lot of these guys that we find, you know, at these high-level schools, you know, Nick Suriano, I don't think really cares about how many people are in the stands watching him. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, don't, I think there's a good percentage of these kids that are at such a high level that they don't they don't need to you know they don't need to be at the New Jersey State tournament, but if we move if we move the parochial schools now, none of every boarding school in New Jersey wrestles at prep. None of them wrestle in the New Jersey State tournament, and that's Blair included. Mm-hmm. So now if we move Burton Catholic to Paul Don Bosco into the national prep tournament, then we're on the other side of the fence saying well. Blair has an unfair advantage on them because they live there. <laughs> right. So there's a lot of moving parts, a lot of um, a lot of issues that you can discuss. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, they're all good discussion points. But at the end of the day, in New Jersey, you know it well. Do you think it'll just remain status quo? I mean, do you think this kind of... Um, this move by Peberg, who, who has announced publicly that they're not going to wrestle these schools, do uh, you think it just goes by the wayside? And there will be no changes. I don't think that there is like I I can't figure what they would do to change it. So I mean, uh, you know, I I get it, but you know, it's not like they're going around beating up on local schools. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they wrestle a national level competition. They're not, you know, being the big fish in the little pond. Mm-hmm. And and really what, you know, made me feel so passionately about this topic, and like I said, I've been, been getting killed by the New Jersey fans, <laughs> is that, you know, re- wrestling, you, you want to, if you want to be the best, you have to beat the best. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it's like I said about the Russian national team or even Blair. If Blair wanted to come in and wrestle my team and we weren't even very good, I would say, absolutely, come see what these guys do. Come see how these guys work. Let's test ourselves and see where we're at. So I don't think that they are vicious in nature. I think they certainly have all the reason to say we don't want to wrestle them. But I think at the end of the day, it's going to come back and it's going to, you know, when you get to the state tournament, you know, you, you see guys from the parochial schools going into the state tournament with a record like 18 and 10 and finishing like fifth in the state. Right. No, I'd rather have a fifth place medal than a 35 and two record heading sure. into the tournament. Sure. Well, it's going to be interesting. I'm sure there's, um, some bad blood brewing over there. Um, it'll, it'll be interesting to see these guys in the same building, um, when they eventually get there. But thank you, Joe. And, uh, it's really good to hear from you, man. I'm a little jealous that you get to watch all that pro football covering the Giants, but <laughs> at the same time, I love my wrestling, and I'm sure you're gonna be you're gonna be watching and following it all year long. Oh, absolutely, and you know, you guys do a great job, man. I can't imagine what wrestling would be like if it hadn't been for Flo. So uh, <laughs> keep up the good work. I'll be following. 
All right, man. Well, thank you, and keep in touch. All right, sounds good.